0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the, we think that we're ready for this edition of the Monday check-in. My name is Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by...
1: Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, and it is the second week of Advent.
0: It is. Well, we're getting ready for the third week of Advent.
1: We are. This this particular Monday check-in will focus on the third week because we're always a week ahead of ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At least in the Monday See, check-in. Probably yeah. not in the rest of life, but at least in the Monday
0: check-in. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about this time of year. It never really feels as though we are when we are. Yes. You know what I'm
1: saying? It, it's it, There's a lot of shifting around, isn't there?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until you get to Christmas Eve, then you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like this is where <laughs> this is where we've been actually for the last uh, four weeks, uh, and now and now we're here. Yeah. Okay. Shifting sands, kind of a thing, I suppose. Um,
1: sands, and I was just talking uh, with the pastor at Faith Lutheran Church. Mm -hmm. and uh the lutherans have a tradition of always holding a worship service on christmas day in addition to christmas eve and so he's lining up not only his christmas eve services and then of course sunday falls on december 26th but he also has to do services on december 25th and so he's got three days in a row of joyful fun (laughs) we have a day in between to celebrate our joyful fun
0: Yeah. Mm yeah that'll be good
1: And we all know from Damon's sermon last week that he is really good at exuding and exhibiting boundless joy. Oh, Oh, yeah. He's not good at that. No, I'm the best at it. (laughs) (laughs) I still, I just have this great image of you in my mind as a like 10 year old, just Slowly plotting to catch up with your team, who is celebrating and throwing their hats and their gloves in the air, and and Damon's got like this this nice little half smile, and he's walking over there and gets there, and I appreciated the detail, whether this was true or not. Well, you spoke it from the pulpit, so it must be true, right? Of mm-hmm. uh, you, you felt a sense of I shouldn't be too celebratory because um, it. this other team just lost, and 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 I don't want to rub it in their faces. Yeah. No, I
0: really, no, that's, that's an honest, that's a an honest and true detail. And you not only had concern yeah. for the kids, but also
1: for their parents who were sitting in the stands. Well, that part I added for embellishment, but. <laughs> it was a good story, Damon, and it did a nice job. You did a very nice job with the sermon on Sunday. So thank yeah. you
0: Yeah, for that. But no, I, yeah, I didn't, it seemed rude to do that. It's the same reason that, um, I remember very clearly learning, um, like if you, like if you got you you handed in your spelling list right and you got your spelling list back and you got them all right, like you like you were not to like react to that because because other folks may not have done as well on it and and like and you don't want to make them feel bad about that.
1: There you go. So the very last time I've ever had to take a test like this, this is very obscure but somehow related. Um. To become a Presbyterian pastor, you have to take and pass a series of five exams. And um, the first one is a Bible content exam. And you usually take this in your first or second year of seminary. And it's a computer-based exam, and it's proctored, so you you can't cheat, which you'd hope seminary students wouldn't be (laughs) cheating. But uh, so we sat in the computer lab of my seminary with the dean of students, like, looking over our shoulders to make sure we didn't have a Bible out checking things or have another browser up on anyways. So you finish this computer-based exam and it's all multiple choice. And so you finish and you hit submit and it immediately tells you your score and whether or not you passed. Oh yeah. You're sitting in this room with these other Presbyterian people striving to be Presbyterian pastors Mm -hmm. and you hit submit and then the screen comes up and it tells you whether or not you passed and you want to just, leap for joy <laughs> if indeed you passed and i happened to be the first one in the room to finish and i did pass on my first try which like the passage rate is like around 60 percent, so i have like a 60 40 shot of not passing right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh or 40 60 shot and so uh but i did i contained myself i contained <laughs> my joy i walked out of the computer lab And then I had boundless joy and there was someone there to share it with. So it was Mm -hmm. great.
0: Yeah. Well, you had the joy, but you didn't express it in that moment. Correct. Right. Yeah. Like You can can still feel that sense of accomplishment uh, or whatever it is. You don't have to like dance around about it.
1: Yes. And so that was, uh, that was, yeah. Boundless joy. But yeah. and this this week we're uh, our advent theme is peace. And so if I were to preach a sermon this week, it would be called Boundless Peace, Peace Without Bounds. Uh, but I'm I'm not gonna be preaching a full sermon this week. In fact, the, the sermon, the message, will be delivered via a choral cantata sung by our combined chancel and youth choirs. Uh, but we yeah. have some scriptures that are going to be woven into the cantata, so we're gonna read you those scriptures and we're gonna talk briefly about those. And a little bit about the cantata and then uh and we'll go from there that sounds good <laughs> can we open with prayer first
0: yeah we can
1: yeah i think is it my turn to open us with prayer um yes okay let's uh let's pray god of boundless love and joy and peace and hope thank you thank you for for sharing these things with us and encouraging and inviting us to be people who embrace these gifts and also help to share these gifts with the world. Even as we share them differently, God, we know that uh, we are invited to share these gifts. And so, in the sharing of these gifts of, of joy and peace and hope and love, may we find, may we help others find you. May they encounter you through us, God, and as we study your holy word this 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 day, we ask that uh, that you enlighten and enliven it in our hearts and our minds, so that it really does teach us to be people who share these things with others. In Christ's holy name,
0: we pray. Amen. Amen. So, as you as Greg alluded to, uh, a couple of scripture readings for us to consider this week. First. Comes from the prophet Micah, uh, chapter five, verses two through five a. So, uh, and that uh, reads something like this. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephorath, Epharatha, Epharatha. Ephrathah, 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 Ephrathah. Ephrathah. Hmm. Ephrathah. Maybe maybe Dan Deffenbaugh will let us know. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. And then uh, we have from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. There ends that reading as well. Um, Greg, what what do you got? What does the choir got? What's, what's happening?
1: Well, uh, we talk, we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks, but um, this penchant that we have during the season of Advent to take these Old Testament prophecies uh, often from Isaiah, but also this one pops in from Micah and uh, read back our story of the birth of Christ into these Old Testament prophecies. And um, Damon, you uh, a couple of weeks ago explained, I thought very well to us that uh, there's value in reading them in their own context, like to the people that Micah was speaking of to Um, and then also then fast forwarding 600 years and, and reading them from the context that we do, uh, 600 and then 2,600 years as, uh, foretelling the coming of the Christ. And so, um, I think there's, there's some cool stuff in there that we could unpack. Um, what we've also got, uh, that I love is, is the way five a ends is that, that he shall be the one of peace. Um, and then, and then we get into the, the narrative that, um, lands us into, um, Bethlehem with, uh, Joseph and Mary. And do
0: you think that that like the peace that is being hoped for in, in Micah is, um I th- like uh, like a settledness does that that make sense like, yeah i think i think we think of peace as like the absence of the absence of violence right or the absence of war and and certainly it would have been that as well but like but part of this is also about the est- the establishment or the reestablishment of of the nation of israel um yes. And so, so I'm just thinking that like part of it is also about this sort of the sense of of settledness is the best word that I can think of right now um, for uh, people or or contentment or this sense of um, like we're not um, like out like striving for something or like reaching after things or, or trying to gain things um, that we're just our we feel peaceful and like and contented with who we are um, and, and sort of comfortable with where we are. It's, does that make sense? It which does. I, it does. I think it's like a, a part of peace that we don't always necessarily think about.
1: Yeah. And and of course, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, uh, which we know to mean more than simply the absence of conflict, but a sense of wholeness, a sense of place, a sense of of internal peace in addition to a sense of there not being war or conflict right but it's deeper than a simple absence of conflict it's it's a greater peace which pervades which uh, they're looking for um yeah and yeah and
0: i just i just find that to be a much um well in a lot of ways more applicable way of thinking about it um yeah you know from for our own lives as as individual folks of faith, um, certainly we we long for the the other kind of peace as well. But um, I think we we feel so much anxiety or worry, or uh, we we talked about shifting sands earlier. <laughs> we feel everything, not everything, most everything <laughs> feels so unsettled. Currently, right. um, yeah, that that to long for and to join in the work of the one of peace, um, I think is really really striking currently.
1: Yeah, and another one of the prophecies that we often read uh, during the season of Advent that uh, we read into the foretelling of the coming of the Christ talks about um, the titles that he will bear, right? And he shall be called Wonderful Wonderful Counselor, counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting
0: Father, and Prince of Peace. Did I get that right? Um, That sounds sounds pretty close to me. I'm trying to remember the Amy Grant song. I think it's pretty close.
1: Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I got it right from memory. And I knew it was Isaiah. It's Isaiah 9-6. It's because you passed that test. It's because I passed the Bible content exam that we referenced at the beginning. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, Isaiah 9-6, but we almost always read Isaiah 9-6 during the season of Advent. And again, Isaiah 9-6 was written to a particular context and also foretells the coming of, of our understanding of the Messiah in Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, the, the, the Prince of Peace is not simply, well, if we read those other titles, right? Wonderful counselor, that's, that's not somebody who imposes peace like the United Nations peacekeeping troops. That's somebody who is, is a wonderful counselor is, is seeking wholeness for people, right? And, uh, and, and even this Micah passage that uh, he shall be the one of peace. Uh, he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord. They shall live secure. For now, he shall be great to the ends of the earth. There's a yeah, a security that goes beyond an absence of conflict that I think is uh, is a powerful thing to reflect on. Um, and and we recognize in this world that it's not as God intended, and peace does not reign. Peace does not prevail. Um, whether it's the the school shooting in Michigan last week. Uh, or the ongoing war in Syria that I just read an article about over the weekend. Um, there, There is an absence of, of peace, both the violent conflict keeps us from peace, but also, as you described, Damon, this, this overwhelming sense of anxiety we feel because of the shifting sands and not knowing what's coming next. And certainly COVID, we could throw that in there and talk about the impact of that. Um, and yet we're reminded during the season of advent that christ promises us peace right and and we're reminded of that every worship service when we when we hear the the words the peace of christ be with you and that's how we greet each other we we, we're trying to share that peace with others to remind one another of that peace that we have in christ and also to share that peace of christ with others and there's something powerful about that that uh that really shouldn't be overlooked
0: mm-hmm. and
1: particularly during the season of Advent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, and then, you know, speaking specifically of Jesus, uh, we're told his name is Emmanuel. Y'all can call him Jesus, but, uh, his name is Emmanuel. Um, and Emmanuel means something very specific uh, and it means God with us. Right. So the, the, the presence of God, uh, among us it, is one of those things that helps to draw us towards that's that sense of of inner peace um and it helps to draw us towards those things that um that create peace um of all of all kinds i suppose in the world as well so yeah
1: the other uh the other part of all these passages that's just interesting is is, is how the new testament passage connects us with the old testament passage and um, how Luke grounds us in Bethlehem to connect with Micah, but also uh, to connect with uh, the city of David, because we read in Isaiah that Jesus will come from this, what we call Davidic lineage, the lineage of King David. And, um, and Bethlehem is, is, is the city of David. Uh, well, we read that a,
0: that a ruler will come from Davidic lineage. Indeed. In Isaiah, we don't necessarily read that it's Jesus, but um, right. but we tend to see Jesus in that way.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and so that's how we connect, and and we have to connect to this. So that the Isaiah prophecy says a ruler will come from the lineage of David, and the Micah prophecy says uh, that the ruler will come from Bethlehem, and these two are connected. Then in this Luke passage, by saying Joseph had to take Jesus to Bethlehem, which was the city of David, um, in order to for the census they had to have a reason to get them there right yeah (laughs) so that these prophecies could be fulfilled um and and so there we go yeah bethlehem if i'm not mistaken in hebrew it's the the village of bread um and if this was a communion sunday this would be a fun thing to connect as well
0: well what's uh bethel because there's Mount Bethel, house, isn't there? House.
1: Sorry, it's the house Beth, of bread. Yeah, Be- Beth-El. Beth El Beth El is house and Lechem is bread. Oh. Or or hem something. Um, so it's the house of bread or the or the village of bread, right? So interesting. It is. But,
0: uh, it's, okay. Well, sure. And and well, and then you know, we go on Jesus is the uh, the bread of life, right? right. <laughs> uh, which would make sense. If you come from the house of bread, yep. uh, and Jesus, the, the sustenance uh, that which sustains. Indeed. As bread does. Um,
1: so I think there's some rich stuff in here that we will explore uh, on Sunday. And we'll explore it through this cantata that our choirs will be singing. Um, and we'll mm-hmm. be interspersing some of the songs oh. in the cantata. With some scripture readings as well as some uh, congregational hymn singing, and so uh, we certainly hope you can join us for that on Sunday. It there it, it is, is what it is song unending. The song and unending. I'm gonna give you a preview. Just I don't just, know why there's
0: BB on the cover of all of
1: these. You know why? Broken Bow. Oh, here's the secret. These uh these were borrowed from Broken Bow, permanently. I think, uh, because the first cantata that Robin Cooser ever conducted was at his home choir at the First Presbyterian Church of Broken Bow, and this is it. And so Robin returns to the material that gave him his start as a choral conductor. But the opening lines, and we'll both open and close the cantata with this, that, and, and this, is, this is what I love, right? This is a song unending, began that holy night a song unending to a song by angels bright, their voices blending in a melody sublime, peace, goodwill. It is ringing still, and it will till the end of time. That fits in pretty well with our theme of boundless peace and lighting the peace candle. So it all comes together. Yeah.
0: It's interesting you picked out that line. <laughs> because I, I, I picked out this line. as the line that I thought was really interesting. Uh, It's on page 25. If you're following along at home, uh, it reads like this. Uh, Hearts of men, and uh, let's see, this was written in 56, I think I saw. Something along those lines. 59. Hearts of humankind. Yeah, hearts of, we could say hearts of men and women. By sin long hardened, only seek their selfish ends. Knowing not that God is with them, no one cares or
1: comprehends yeah Uh, that was really good so when we don't know that god is with us we don't care or comprehend but when we do we're able to access this peace which we talk about right yeah
0: yeah that's some good stuff it reminded me of a a line a favorite line of mine from a a corby lanker song which is uh the world is full of people who are half asleep yep which I always, I always return to. So, um, so wake yeah. up, yeah, wake up, um, wake up, so. and be full
1: of boundless joy like a middle school student, right, Damon?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that's not all joy. It's not all boundless, but it's all boundless something for middle school students, it seems to me. Uh, sometimes it's joy. Sometimes it's um, all the other emotions. But yeah, that,
1: that line in your sermon when you said it at the 8.30 service, elicited a to belly laugh and then giggles for me the rest of the sermon <laughs> because I live with a middle schooler and okay. it was so spot on. And, <laughs> and you clearly, as a youth pastor who have worked with middle schoolers, understand these wonderful children, uh, youth, uh, and you nailed it and it was perfect. So well done.
0: Yeah, it's the worst thing ever or the best thing ever. Not a lot of in between. Not a lot of in between. No. <laughs> not a lot in between. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it should be a, a lovely, uh, another lovely Advent service on, on Sunday morning with the cantata and the Advent wreath and and all those good things. So.
1: And so uh, we'll move into our announcements here. Uh, and this Sunday, we're going to uh, forego our 830 uh, informal service. Uh, We're going to try to get everybody at the choral cantata because we've put a lot of work into preparing for this, but also because we uh, think it'll unite us as a church and as a family of faith during the season of Advent. And so um, there will not be an 830 service. We will have our adult or our Christian education hour at 915 with a lot of great stuff going on for uh, children, youth, and adults. Um, We got one more of the forum series, right? Damon, tell us about that.
0: Yes. Lindsay Kluver has been doing a series on, uh, you know, taking a look at at uh, exploring Advent kind of via the arts, uh, and particularly uh, like visual arts. Um, I think, for the most part, um, spending time with paintings, drawings, uh, those sorts of things. Um, and so, so yeah, we've uh, had two sessions, and the third session is this coming Sunday, at at nine fifteen. The The title of the series is Creating Hope. And um, so, yeah, um, I was taking, we'll get the recording from this Sunday put up on YouTube um, in a, in a hopefully soon. Um, But I was, yeah, I was listening to back to parts of it and, and yeah, it was, it was interesting for sure. So uh, folks um, can and check that out and I would even say should should check that out. Um, And there's something else that I was gonna say about, oh, and if you, if you, if somebody, if you missed the first two sessions or one of the first two sessions, you come anyway. It's just fine that there's no, it's not a a biblical uh, knowledge test situation where you can't continue if you didn't pass the first two classes Uh, it'll be fine show up I
1: think that you are glad that you got ordained UCC not PCUSA because I think that uh, you're nervous about the bible content exam
0: (laughs) I would have rocked it (laughs) I had the benefit of going to seminary as a out of as a religion major
1: that's true you had a bit more biblical knowledge going into seminary than I did
0: Yeah,
1: I had to acquire more of my biblical knowledge in seminary. You you had a vast foundation that I was lacking.
0: Yeah, I had a a better running start than many of my many of my seminary classmates. Uh, Indeed, that's for sure. So, uh, what else? We have Wednesday night uh, this week. Uh, uh, Two more weeks of Wednesday night live, and we just one more Sunday of Sunday school is that right sure. yep i think there's just sunday school this sunday and not
1: um not the 19th not the 19th nope. or the Sorry. 26th
0: yeah or the 26th or maybe the second
1: yeah then we will uh cruise into uh the fourth sunday of advent the 19th and then uh of course our christmas eve services we will be doing our 2:30 service over at college view for uh the residents and families of college view uh, folks and then we'll have a 5.30 family service, uh, 7.30 traditional service, and 11 o'clock vespers service, maybe in the chapel, probably in the sanctuary. I don't know. Have we decided that yet?
0: I don't think that we have officially decided it, no.
1: You are observing the sausage being made as we speak. <laughs> we will update you on the location of the 11 o'clock service. The chapel works really well for that, but we also want to be careful with... Uh, the spread of COVID. And that is a smaller space and a less well ventilated space. So we'll think about what's the uh, safest and wisest thing for our beloved congregation and church family. So
0: also harder to find.
1: It is. Yes. Particularly 11 o'clock at night when the church is all dark. So anything else we should share with them?
0: No, I may mean, just a, just a reminder, I suppose, uh, before we do the closing prayer, uh, we have produced this, uh, the work of hope, Advent devotional, twenty twenty one, featuring prayers from uh, First Presbyterian staff, uh, members, friends uh, of the congregation as well, and as we have done the last couple of years, that devotional uh, is combined with a, a reverse Advent. Project where we are encouraging folks to collect these items uh, for some of our uh, local ministry partner agencies and, um, you know, to to benefit them so um, encourage people to continue to follow along. In the, in the Advent devotional, if you need a copy, let the church know. We can certainly get you a copy. We have it available via uh, digital means as well. So we can simply email you a PDF if that works uh, more easily for you. Awesome. We also have a so. link
1: to it, which we'll send out by email and social media as we did last week too. So perfect. So
0: uh, yeah, so just a, a reminder about that, I would say. So,
1: And are you going to close us with a prayer from that devotional guide, Damon? I am.
0: I am going to do that. Yes. Um, So the devotional reflection for this week was written by Kylie Wenberg, and it's uh, titled Joy in Process. Uh, So the sermon for Sunday was about boundless joy. Uh, And Kylie sort of reflects on uh, sometimes the difficulty of finding joy amidst the worries, the anxieties, the frustrations uh, of life. Um, and so I'll sh- I w- I'm just going gonna, gonna to share one of the prayers uh, that came out of, that's for this week. I'm actually going to read the one from our middle school youth uh, for, that's actually for today. So that works out well. <laughs> uh, so let's join together in prayer. Gracious and loving God, this is a busy time of year and the holidays can be stressful for people, yet you are at work here, even when everything is not perfect. Help, help us to keep the focus on you when there are so many things to distract us. When we focus on you, joy is there, and we can feel joy no matter what is going on. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So there you go. And so with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.